Father, I thank you that the grave didn't hold our Savior. I thank you that he's alive today. I thank you for this opportunity to celebrate and to rejoice in our risen Savior. Thank you, Father God. Minister to us, speak to us, transform our hearts, and encourage us. In Christ's name, amen. This is a streaming service. These are really strange and difficult times. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we will remember. Um, we're dealing with a historical event. I remember some others, and so might you. I remember July 20th, 1969. I remember it well. I was at scout camp gathered around a battery-powered black-and-white television with a bunch of other Boy Scouts. We were watching as Neil Armstrong took his first steps on the moon. I think each of us can remember different times in history. We've, we've all had those, I remember where I was kind of conversations. Some of them might include things like the assassination of John Kennedy. I remember that. I vividly remember the Challenger disaster, January of 1986. I remember the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. And we all have a very personal connection in our remembrance of 9-11 and the destruction of the Twin Towers. There are even some who are, who are watching this today and, and a part of the church today, like my mom. She remembers very well December 7th, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Those are events in history, and, and today we celebrate the most important event in human history, the resurrection of Christ. We, we celebrate this as a, as a historical event, as a single point in history. And I want us to think about that event. I want us to remember the disciples were in, a, were in a very difficult place. They had very high expectations of Jesus. They believed that he would miraculously lead Israel out of the control of the Roman Empire. Instead, he was arrested and put on trial. The events of his arrest, trial, beating, and crucifixion were devastating to those who had been following Jesus. In short... In a short amount of time, their lives, their lives were disrupted beyond belief. And there seemed to be no hope in getting back to normal. The disciples were so disturbed by the change of events that they went into hiding. When events happen like this in our lives, our routines are changed. Our senses are are stricken with all kinds of confusion. Our security, our anxiety goes up. Everything changes. We're uncomfortable. And even though Jesus had revealed to the disciples exactly what was going to occur, he had told them numerous times that he would have to die. They did not grasp the reality of what was happening. Jesus had been taken by force. They saw that. He'd been put through this mockery of a, of a trial. He was severely beaten, crucified, and hastily placed in a tomb. But God had a bigger plan. The perfect sacrifice of Jesus 
would permanently deal with the problem of sin. That problem of sin would be dealt with for all who believe. Paul writes of God's plan in Romans 5.10. He says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Jesus is alive. We've been saved. Many of the details of what happened to Jesus after His arrest prove His death. And His death helps us to understand that His resurrection is true. Jesus was falsely accused of blasphemy. And Jewish law at that time demanded, demanded death for blasphemy. But the Jews, they could not legally put Jesus to death without approval from the Romans. So Jesus was, was turned over to the Romans. The Romans had perfected crucifixion. And the reality is that no one survived crucifixion. You didn't go to the cross and, and get taken down and live the rest of your life. That just didn't happen. And usually the first step in, in the process for the Romans was to have a person scourged, beaten, whipped. And ancient records teach us that many criminals did not survive the type of whipping that Jesus endured because of the loss of blood and shock to his body. After that scourging, Jesus carries his cross to Calvary and is nailed to the cross. He suffers and he dies. And we know that he's dead. There are some who have challenged that throughout history, but Jesus was dead. We know that for several reasons. One is that his body was pierced by one of the professional Roman executioners. And water and blood a mixture of water and blood flowed out from him, his body, a proof of death. Another proof of his death is Joseph of Arimathea, under great risk to himself, goes to Pilate and asks for the body. Pilate is convinced by his professional executioners that Jesus is dead, and he releases the body. Joseph also acquires spices for the burial, why would he buy spices if Jesus wasn't dead? The body of Jesus is wrapped in cloth and placed in a rock-hewn tomb. And Joseph's actions, all of those, prove Jesus was dead. The tomb is then sealed and guarded by a, a, a guard of, of Roman soldiers. That usually consisted of 16 men. And in those circumstances, each man was responsible for six square feet of space. They could not sit down or lean against anything while on duty. And if a soldier fell asleep, he was put to death. And often the entire unit would be killed if only one soldier fell asleep while on duty. The tomb was sealed by the Romans, meaning that probably some kind of twine was embedded into a, a, a clay, a soft clay, and then a Roman seal was imprinted into the clay. And that was done on either side of the tomb door, the stone. And if that stone had been moved, the seal would be broken. And the, the penalty for breaking the Roman seal would have been death. But reaching the, the seal would have been nearly impossible because you'd have to go through the guards to get there. 
All of those facts point to the, the truth that Jesus was dead. He was in the tomb. His believers believed, his followers believed that he was dead. Jesus was dead. He's in the tomb. But God had a plan. And God's plan required Jesus to be dead. The sins of humanity could not be atoned for. Death could not be conquered unless Jesus was dead. This is the gospel. This is the message of the Bible. There is nothing more important than God's Son becoming human, taking on human form, is, is so important. He lived a, a perfectly sinless human life. He then died on the cross in our place. Paul refers to this as God's love, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Peter, in, in his his writing tells us about God's plan as well. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. God's plan doesn't leave Jesus in the tomb. On that day, the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection is the focal place then of everything that Christ taught. In Mark 8, 31, we read, and he began to teach them from that, excuse me, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. The resurrection was God's plan. And the writers of the Bible deal with the resurrection as a fact of human history, affirmed by eyewitnesses. The apostles who wrote the New Testament were eyewitnesses. And 1 Corinthians 15, 6 tells us that there were around 500 people who saw him. After the resurrection. For me, one of the greatest proofs of the resurrection is the change in the disciples. And from that resurrection Sunday, that, that morning, that glorious morning when Jesus comes from the, the tomb, until today, people have been willing to lose everything, go to prison, and or, and or even die as martyrs while proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. Those first disciples were so changed, they were willing to die because they had seen the risen Savior. They saw him go to death, go to the tomb, and they ran in terror and were afraid, cowards. He raises from the dead. Jesus comes from the tomb, and they are changed they are now men who are willing to go out into the world, preach the risen Savior at the risk of being killed. What a death. What a death. What a resurrection. What a change. What a resurrection. In Acts 2.24, Paul writes, 
But God, or Luke writes, I'm sorry, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Death could not hold him. He conquered death. That's the glorious reality, and it is a reality for us. He conquered death. So a believer does not die, but enters into life. The four Gospels describe and and record the events around the resurrection. But let's read Matthew's account. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And behold, I have told you. This is the core of Christianity. This is the foundation, the heart of what we believe. This is the pivotal truth that there is life that there is life after death. Without the resurrection, none of the truths of Christianity would matter. Without the resurrection, Christianity would be nothing more than wishful thinking and be no different than all of the other human philosophies and religions. Jesus was real. As real as Nazareth, as real as the Roman Empire, as real as his miracles, as real as the eyewitnesses' accounts, as real as his pain, as real as his death, his resurrection was real. This was an event that really happened. This is history. It's not make-believe. The writers of the Bible don't argue about the resurrection. Instead, they affirm it. In Corinthians... Chapter 15, the Apostle Paul affirms this when he says, when he writes these things. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. This is a real event, observed by real people. When we are suffering, it is tempting to rebel against God. It's it's easier for us when we're in suffering in times that are difficult To blame him for our suffering. And in times even like what we're in now, it's hard to believe that God's good. 
But God is good. And the resurrection proves it. Not only the resurrection, but the death of Jesus proves the goodness of God. And it's at this point that we have a very important thing to do, and that is to make a choice. Our reaction to suffering determines whether we experience grace or whether we experience despair. God is asking us to trust him. The greatest evidence that we have that God is good is found in the horrible thing that we call the death of Christ. It's still the greatest thing because it's connected to the resurrection. The greatest good that we can, we can see from our Heavenly Father is Jesus dying on the cross, being buried, and then raising from the dead. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ demands a decision. The choice to believe God, believe what he said, believe what he's done, that's one choice. Or to choose not to believe. Christianity is actually quite simple. How God deals with humanity is quite simple. And it hasn't changed. Do you believe what God has done through Christ or not? This morning, you may be in such a difficult time in your life that you are tempted to doubt God's goodness and sovereignty. You may be in a very dark place. These are difficult times. You may be facing things that you just don't understand and don't know how to work out. You may be demoralized, confused, fearful, and hurting. Just like the, the, the disciples were when, when Jesus died. But God has made a glorious way through the darkness, trials, and suffering. He always takes us through. He's faithful. The same one who walked on the sea. The same one who fed thousands with five loaves and two fishes. Fishes? Is that all right to say? The same one who healed the blind. The same one who healed the lame. The same one died for you because he loves you. The same one rose from the dead because he loves you. The same one lives today interceding for you because he loves you. We celebrate today the truth of the resurrection. We celebrate the power and, and the fear of death being broken because Jesus rose from the dead. We celebrate that we don't need to run away from trials to live in fear. We, we don't need to live in fear. Jesus is our hope. We celebrate today that we can rejoice in persecution and trials for righteousness sake because our reward is in heaven. We can celebrate because Every loss endured for the kingdom will be made up a thousandfold in heaven. We celebrate because we will be made completely whole with no impurity. And there will be no struggles with lust or greed or covetousness or fear or inferiority or cowardice or painful memories. There will not be any sickness or disease paralyzing us. There will not, not any longer be shame. That's for the believer. We celebrate today because there will be no mourning 
we celebrate as those who belong to Christ because we will raise with Him never to die again. And God will be our God and we will be His people and the glory of the Lord will be our light and our joy forevermore. What choice have you made? Are you alive because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Or are you still dead in your sins, destined for hell? Are you thrilled and excited for the life to come because of the resurrection? Or are you in fear of death? Have you been set free because of the resurrection? Or are you still a slave of sin and death? Each person, each of us has to make that choice. The choice of God and life eternally. Or the choice to deny God and die eternally. These are difficult times. But the reality of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection have not changed. Which do you choose? If you've chosen Christ, celebrate with us today. If you've chosen Christ, celebrate with us today and share with those around you the greatness and the goodness of Jesus Christ. If you are watching this this morning and you have not made a decision for Christ, make a decision. Wherever you're at, decide. Make a choice. Choose Jesus. Choose the resurrection. Choose God. Make it real and just tell God you choose him. You choose the risen Savior. Let's pray. Father, I ask in the name of your son that those who are listening that have not made a choice for you, that you would draw them close to you and that they would choose the Savior. I ask, Father God, that we as believers would rejoice today and celebrate today, just like any other Easter. Celebrate and rejoice that our Savior has risen from the dead. And we rejoice also because of your love, your holiness, your greatness, your sovereignty. You have made things right through your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I ask, Father God, as, as the world seems to be going through such a difficult time, that the Holy Spirit would move in people's hearts and lives and that people would make a choice to see you, and to see your greatness and your goodness. I thank you, Father God, that there's nothing greater for us to remember and to celebrate than the risen Savior. Jesus, alive. Thank you, Father. We rejoice in you today. In Christ's name, amen.